The Favorites Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. I bet with FanDuel because they're safe and secure. They offer great odds and markets across the NBA, NHL, and more. And because it's fun to combine multiple bets into same game parlays. So if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code FAVORITES so they know I sent you. You must be 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Louisiana. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789 or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. I am joined, as always, by my BFF, my companion, professional better, Simon Hunter. Simon, we're going to pick up right where we left off. And we talked about this all year long. And I think a lot of people would be interested to hear your perspective on it. But NFL is the hardest thing because... It's a sport everybody is betting. And in professional betting, a lot of guys, they make their money in the sports no one's paying attention to. They're betting tennis. They're betting baseball. They're betting college hoops. They're betting WNBA. Why bet the NFL? Why focus on that as a professional better? I get paid the most in this diving course. Football is king. And if I want to get 100K down on a football game on Sunday, no problem. If I want to get 100K down an NBA game, on a Tuesday, almost impossible. It's like the NFL books are so happy to take big money because they want to balance the books. And what do pros do? We bet with the books. So like professionals, that's the hardest part. Like they hate me. They don't want me in there betting. So like with runners, that's why I love New Jersey so much. It's like I can have a runner with 20 online accounts. Vegas can't even compare. That's why like, again, I don't want to shit on pros still living in Vegas. A plenty of guys I work with still live there. They can't touch betting in new jersey is professional it's like if you're a sports player this is heaven there's so many sports books they all want your money especially someone like me who just bets home dog so if you're someone like me that bets professionally and you bet nfl which is the hardest sport like chad just alluded to it's it's very hard and college basketball women's basketball that's money maker right there like pros i know that do women's basketball some of them make 80 percent but they can't get down more than a thousand, two thousand in certain books, and they get banned constantly. They're runners; they're just some nobody. Some book, some books won't take more than a hundred dollar bet for them because it's just like they don't want to have too much exposure to women's basketball. Like Chad just talked about. I asked Bob, "How can I make the most money in this? Like, what's the best thing to do? Like, what sport?" And he told me what's the easiest sports. He told me what the hardest sports and which ones I can make the most money from. And he said, "Like NFL, it's hard, but when you get the right system." It's really easy. Like once you figure it out and you kind of get it, kind of get it going. And again, it depends on every season because it's always changing. Football is always evolving. But yeah, for me, it was definitely a money thing where it's like I can get paid the most from clients and it's the it's like the biggest sport. Like 
if I have a hundred clients, 85, 90 of them bet NFL, maybe three of them bet cricket and the cricket girl, she makes a ton of money betting, but there just isn't the demand. You know what I mean? There's just like it, it, people just don't have the same kind of interest for those kind of things. We had a lot of questions about parlays. We would talk about money line parlays, uh, money line underdog parlays in the show a lot. I went back and did the math on my betting throughout the year. And this is tying in a lot of what we talked about earlier because it's about getting to know yourself as a better and what makes you comfortable and getting back to basics, as you talked about, after a couple things like getting in your head. If not for the money line underdog parlays I kept chasing, like I would have made so much more money. And so, yeah. you know, tell people the folly and the joy of parlays good idea, bad idea. This is to the most basic gambler. Uh, yes, never do a parlay for the rest of your life. You won't listen though, because parlays are fun. So there's no real point in me going into it. But yes, if you're a, if, if you're betting a hundred on a game straight, like football example, you like New England Patriots, you bet a hundred on them straight. That's great. If you want to do a parlay with the New England Patriots, the Jaguars and all these other teams thrown together, don't do more than five, 10 bucks. Like you're just, every team you add, your number goes down so much of winning. So I do parlays all the time. I would say for our Moneyline round Robin thing, we do with the underdogs. That's more, that's safe. You're paying for these underdogs because if you just go two for three, you're going to get your money back in a little more. If you go four for one on those Moneyline underdog parlay, like round Robins, that's crazy money. So I, I always tell people not to do parlays, but I do them too because they're fun. I just do it for such small, small, small amounts. If I do 20, you know, 16 game parlays every season, every Sunday, like I'll, you know, if I go to a sports book, I'll fill a card out and do like a $5 or whatever it is. You're not betting that to make money. So the hardest part of my job is this is a free show. When you're doing a free show, people are always going to listen to this and be like, okay, but I'm going to do my own thing. Like I'm going to trust myself, which I'm completely supportive of. It's your own money. When people pay for my picks, like win or lose, they're going to ride with me, which is great because usually we're going to win. They're not going to ride with me one bad week and then the next week take off because I lost the, the last week. And then all of a sudden I go four and oh, and they go, oh, I want to bet with them now. Then I go, whatever, two and three. And they're like, well, I could have gone two and three. So that's that's the constant fight with this kind of job with doing a free show like this where my clients, like, they're just, it's all good all the time. Like, even when I lose, they're just so supportive. They're just such good people. So I, I definitely think it's different when you're paying for fixed when it's, it's just more like, you know, people listen to this show and it's kind of like a guide. Like, I'm not always going to be right. Like, I wish I could be, but this is a real show with real picks. Like, if we can go above 50%, that's, that's, that's what I'm hoping for with this show. Because, again, we, we take a lot of underdogs and that's, that's the key to doing what we do is taking underdogs. Covington Masvidal rivalry will be renewed this Saturday night and FanDuel Sportsbook is making things even more exciting by offering new customers 30 to 1 odds on either fighter. That's right, you could win 150 bucks on a $5 bet. Just sign up for FanDuel Sportsbook using promo code favorites, pick your fighter and get ready to win big. Personally, I lean to Covington, but we'll see where I shake out. I love betting at FanDuel Sportsbook because it is quick and easy to get started. I get my winnings fast, and there are tons of different sports and bet types to wager on. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. It's super quick to get started, and you can withdraw your winnings in a snap. Don't miss your chance to cash in on one of the biggest fights of the year. Sign up for FanDuel Sportsbook using promo code FAVORITES today. 
must be 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. New users only, $10 first deposit required, must wager in designated offer market, max bonus $150. Bonus for Tennessee users fulfilled in site credit within 72 hours. Tennessee site credit expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789 or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. So you've mentioned this a few times. You have a client list, people paying for picks. People are asking on Twitter, what is a tout? You talked about that one of the guys that used to work with started selling picks outside sort of the the guidelines that are established by your syndicate. It's a very nuanced difference. Explain the difference between being a tout and having a client list. All right. So a tout would be these people listening. Like it'd be if you're on social media, any type of social media, and you are giving someone your money for their picks in return, which again, I, I, I know people hate touts and are bad about them, but I'm a big believer. And if you're good at something, never do it for free. Now you have types, which it don't matter if you win or lose, you just sell them the story. Bet, you know, we go NBA, bet the Nets playing against the Sixers and he'll bet the Sixers. He'll show whatever ticket wins. Okay. You, you'll only pay him once, but that's all he really cares about is getting that money. So someone like me, it's a little different where, you know, I could, easily sell picks to people online. People offer me money constantly. I, I like being free, but I'm sure someday, why am I putting in 80 hours of work just to post free pick on the internet? It's like, I, I, I make so much more money betting than anything I could make doing in media. Like I do love media, but like, am I going to make a million a year doing talk shows and things like that? I have no idea, but probably not. But selling picks, dude, like I could make probably a million bucks. I mean, you gave me such a big platform now, you know, if I just wanted to charge a couple hundred a weekend, I can make really good money, but I just don't want to do that because I make enough sports betting as is, and I'm already selling picks to a, a group of people. So do I have any issue coming on here and telling people my biggest bets and things like that? No, because I've already bet them. So it's like, it's not like I'm going against my group by giving out bets. I still am giving out my bets to my clients first, but then I come on here and do it. But my advice to people is just don't pay for picks. There's so much free information out there where like, if you're one of these people that you're going to bet what you believe anyway, like you're that stubborn, you think you know what you're doing regardless. Listen to all these free podcasts. Action Network has like five football shows. Like there's so many different places that can give you better information. Find who you like and who you trust and who you, who you kind of disagree with because the first step to becoming a good sports better is realizing you don't know anything. I don't care if you watch football every Sunday. You know, every player's name, it's irrelevant. It's truly irrelevant to what we're doing because we're just betting numbers. We're not really betting names and faces like that. So I just want people to be wary of paying picks because of things like that. This relates to two things that I want us to talk about. Our final two topics for part two 
of our podcast about answering your questions and sort of pulling back the curtain a little bit on the business. The first part is a lot of people ask, what books should you read? And I think it relates to you sort of talking about information. And the second part is what habits are good and bad. I like talking about the books because the books I think lead to how you think about it, how I think about it. So if you have thoughts on, and you mentioned sort of listening to podcasts, it can be podcasts too. The material that you look at to help you inform decision-making and become a better analyst of risk. Like I don't, again, it's not that I don't care about other people's opinions. I just usually don't listen to anyone else's opinions during football season because I don't want anything to screw with my head. Like I already have enough pros calling me, giving me their crazy ass opinions and other shit they want to talk about. Like there's some betting shows that like, I, I used to try to listen to some, but I just couldn't do it because it would just irk me so much where it's like, these guys are just talking out there. <laughs> so for books, I, I have a weird approach to it where it's like, honestly, I've read a lot of history books. I'm into like World War II stuff and a lot of Navy SEAL books like about discipline. Cause I think that's like, more than anything else, I think that's the most important thing to sports betting is the discipline. It's a very emotional thing. Like I have a system in the, I tried to go against it. Me and Chad are going to talk about this the rest of my life, unfortunately, with the Kansas City Chiefs going against the Bengals. And it was like, not that I got too emotional, but I definitely let it get the best of me where it's like, I should have just trusted my numbers, trusted my system, taking a good number at seven and a half with the Bengals. But I was just like, nah, like they're the most overhyped, overrated team that since he's going to roll. So I would definitely say I've learned from all these different books. It's like, if you're going to read, read books, Chad's going to give you some good gambling stuff here. To me, it's a lot of mental stuff. So I don't want to get too weird, but like Art of War, there's a bunch of different old school books you can read that it's just good for your mental habits. That's just as important as good, good gambling information. Well, it's interesting because I was going to say the same thing and you and I didn't discuss this before we started the podcast, but <laughs> I don't read a lot of gambling books. You know, there are, there are good ones out there. There's like the logic of sports betting, right? By a guy named Ed Miller, really good sports betting book. There's a great old book by Larry Merchant, who a lot of older people will remember as the boxing analyst for HBO for years. He did a book called The National Football Lottery, which is as relevant today as it was when he wrote it in 1972. He took $30,000 of an advance and spent the football season betting to see how well he could do with it. But (laughs) I, I like the books I read are tangential to betting and they are about how people process decision-making and analyze risk. So the book Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman is a book that I read. The Undoing Project by Michael Lewis, which was about Kahneman and his partner in education and economic theory uh, and sort of their relationship is a book that I read and liked a lot. It's, it's, you know, even Moneyball by Michael Lewis sort of makes you think about decision-making in an entirely different way. Hey, Chad, it's Matt Mitchell jumping in really quick. I did ask around at Action Network to see if anybody there had book recommendations. I do know a lot of the people that asked this question uh, also wanted uh, baseball books for the summer um, that related to betting. And the four recommendations I received internally were Scorecasting, by Tobias Moskowitz, Trading Bases by Joe Pita, The Only Rule It Has to Work by Ben Lindbergh and Sam Miller, and also Fooled by Randomness by Nassim Nicholas Taleb. There's also a great book 
I can't remember who wrote it. I'm going to look it up while we're talking, but there's a book called Traffic. It's all about um, how we drive and how it leads to different, how it reveals different kinds of decision-making. And a lot is by Tom Vanderbilt. A lot of it ends up being about pack decision-making and following the crowds. And traffic is the most literal interpretation of that, right? The reason why traffic jams end up happening oftentimes on highways is because people start merging too early and they don't use the entirety of the road that is available. So you get antsy, you merge as soon as you get sort of onto the on-ramp instead of going to the very end where you get to keep the traffic flowing for as long as possible. And then these traffic jams start, right? So the idea of understanding how people make group decisions and then trying to find a way to think differently about that is as helpful for making, for, for sort of developing good habits about betting as it is just reading, hey, bet this. Uh, that actually I find to be a lot less helpful when trying to exist in this space and make good decisions in this space, which leads to one final thing. Simon, what are your good habits? What are your bad habits? Oh, man. I would say obsession. Like if you're obsessed with what you do and you love it, I feel like, again, you always have to take time off. Like, look at your boy right now. But like when you're committed to something, you go all in and you take time for loved ones, everything like that. But it's like that habit of being obsessed with things. Again, it could be it can be bad. Like you can let your life get out of control sometimes. So you have to keep it keep it a little contained. But it's like, you know, we all have purpose and reasoning in life and who knows the real purpose why we're here but it's like once I started getting into the lab quote unquote like really get into the numbers and once my 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 model started working out it's like I'm I just started feeling like that feeling of I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be like I didn't feel like I was doing work even though I was working eight hour 80 hours a week it felt like I was having fun and my biggest habit during the season is Chad knows I'm always checking lines I'll, I'll wake up at the middle middle of the night just roll over and just scroll through different books and lines and just see what movement, what's happening, check messages. And it's like uh, a, a good habit to me to people would be not, not just to be positive about everything, but it, it honestly helps me so much with what I do with my job where it's like, like Chad talked a little bit about my worst bets. Like I, I can't lie. Like those are miserable, dark days. Like you lose a ton of your own money and you're losing other people's money that have entrusted you with advice. Like, It'd be like me telling you to buy a big time stock and the stock going to zero. It's like the worst feeling in the world. I've just lost people who's really hard earned money. There's a lot of habits in life. And I think that's a great thing about sports betting. A lot of it goes together. Half the people that listen to this are going to be forever chasing. And like that depresses the hell out of me. It makes me super sad. But that's just it. They're either they're a psychopath or they're just stubborn. And it's like, no matter what, they're going to keep doing what they do. Even if, you know, that we've had a good years, we've had good playoff runs. It's like, it don't matter. They're always just like, ah. This guy's a phony, nada, nada, nada. It's, that's, that's probably the toughest thing where it's like, you got to break habits to make good habits. So for bad habits, I mean, a lot of, there's a lot, of, obviously a lot of bad habits for its betting, but the worst one obviously is chasing. I, like, again, I've gone, I've gone to zero a bunch of times in my life. You don't dwell on it. It's like, you just, you just learn from it and then try to try to change from that. It's like, stop putting a hundred percent of your bankroll into these bets. Like that's something I had to learn early on. Cause they'd be like, say I was at 10 K. And all of a sudden I was at 5K because I had had 10 bad bets and I lost 5K. I would just take all 5K and put it on one game and be like, now I'm going to double my money on this. It don't work like that. It's just so hard to do those kind of things. So, yeah, definitely bad habits. Number one for me is people stop chasing. Like I know 
you're sitting there right now. Listen to this. Please turn the page. Start over. That money's gone. Stop chasing. Yeah. Chasing to me is the single worst thing you can do as a better. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier that Chargers Chiefs game, I was totally chasing. I, I was antsy. I was upset. All those bad habits. It had been a bad weekend. You're frustrated because you feel like you're doing good math. You're doing the, the right things and they're not going your way. There are moments where after a betting weekend, where it's a Monday or Tuesday, and I'm still thinking about it, if it's gone bad. And I think to myself, be a fucking professional. Like, yeah. obviously I'm not a professional better, but I've been doing it long enough to know that I'm not the guy who is betting more than I can afford, which is the second thing. And B, right. I'm not the guy who can't shake it off be, and, and feels like I have to chase to make my money back. If you're doing this, we've talked about this so many times. If you're doing this, hopefully you're listening to this podcast. It's because you're doing it for the enjoyment and to do it for a long period of time. It's not because you think you're going to get rich, right? And I say this to my kids all the time because we'll talk about betting and it's a scary thing to talk about betting with your kids. I remind them their college funds aren't at risk. (laughs) We're not at risk of not having food on the table. We're not at risk of not being able to pay for the house. Like we're doing it because we like the enjoyment. We're going to make smart decisions. And if we lose a weekend, it's okay. It's only pride. Like that's it, right? Where where you get in trouble is when you chase, when you overbet, you try to make it back all at once. Like you never hear anyone at Action Network talking about trying to make it back all at once. These are people who've been doing it for years. They bet a very specific part of their bankroll. They know what they're doing. Those are the lessons you take away. I would say those are the bad habits. The good habit, the one thing I would add is you have to do enough work, put enough work in, whether it's the obsessive level that Simon is at or sort of the daily level that I'm at to understand what you're comfortable betting. And I don't mean the money. I mean, everyone is good at something, right? Everyone feels like athletically, oh, you have really good aim or you've always been good at shooting a basketball or you can throw a great spiral or you've got great hand-eye coordination or you can putt, whatever it is. Same thing in betting. There are certain markets that you're going to be more comfortable betting in. And it takes you time to figure out how your mind thinks, what your analysis tells you. So you truly understand what you should be betting and where you're going to be comfortable. And then like when you should be tailing someone because you feel like they're smart and you've got a little bit on the side that you're comfortable betting, but you should put the majority of your money and make the majority of your bets in the markets where you feel like you've unlocked an advantage in some way. We talk about all the time. Simon and I love home underdogs. We love betting against the public. We love seeing how numbers have moved and trying to tie our success into that. Um, And then you can narrow down the teams that you like based on those core principles. But you got to find your principles. Well said. Simon, we've done a lengthy interview. We have broken it up into two parts. We have told your origin story, the creation myth. We have gone through how to become a professional better. We have gone through touts. We have gone through habits. We have gone through books you can read. You name it, we covered it. And if we didn't, we got a long time till football starts. So we can get (laughs) back to it. We can answer even more questions. For now, this 
has been the Favorites Podcast from the Volume Podcast Network for producer Matt Mitchell, for professional letter Simon Hunter. I am Chad Millman. Download us at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Feedback is a gift. Send us what you got as long as it's five stars. Until next time, love you. Love you.